welcome to the Holy Trinity Upper School Podcast. The following homilies were recorded live in front of our student body at Holy Trinity Episcopal Academy located in Melbourne, Florida. Our chapels exist to proclaim the amazing grace of God in Jesus Christ, and it's our hope that these homilies will provide you with a measure of encouragement and comfort. Thanks for listening. This is a reading from Genesis 29. This is a little bit of a long one, so just no groans. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, and Rachel was graceful and beautiful. Jacob loved Rachel. And so he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man, so stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. And then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife that I may go into her, for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. And Laban, Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her maid. And when the morning came, it was Leah. And Jacob said to, J- uh, to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, This is not done in our country, giving the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and, w- and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. Uh, as a wife. Laban gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel to be her maid. So Jacob went into Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah. He served Laban for another seven years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah conceived and bore a son, and she named him Reuben. For she said, Because the Lord has looked on my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son, and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. And she named him Simeon. Again, she conceived and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will be joined to me because I have borne him three sons. And therefore he was named Levi. She conceived again and bore a son and said, This time I will praise the Lord. And therefore she named him Judah, and then she ceased bearing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, well, uh, welcome back. Did everyone have a good weekend? Homecoming dance? Did everybody, uh, did everybody clap your hands? Yeah. Did they play that song? Is that song still there? They didn't? It's done? Oh, gosh. Wow. A miracle. Uh, congratulations, guys. You killed that song. It was a long time overdue. Um, so uh, real quick, just because this has been mentioned to me by a couple people now, I'm starting to get, and anytime I start getting it from a couple different places want to go ahead and put out an all call. If you are ever interested in being baptized, please come talk to me. Uh, if, you're, if you're interested in being baptized, you, you would say, I'm a Christian. I believe in all the things that you, you, know, you keep talking about up there. Um, and uh, we don't really have a church home. Uh, and this is kind of my church home. Uh, please come talk to me. We would love to uh, work with you and, and uh, we'd love to get it done. Um, so uh, come talk to me. So all right, this week we are talking about, uh, we're continuing on in our series uh, kind of walking through the story of the Bible. And um, what, where we left, last left off was Abraham. Abraham's given a promise that through Abraham's line, through his family, uh, will come uh, a people 
that, that will be God's chosen people and that through this people will come someone who will set everything right um, that has been set wrong. And of course, that person is, spoiler alert, Jesus. Uh, but um, on the way there, uh, what, what happens the rest of Genesis is you get this amazing family like melodrama of this is the most um, dysfunctional Abraham's family I mean if you were imagining the the chosen family through whom God would redeem the world this would be like the perfect family and instead it is the the most um, ridiculously uh, um, I don't know dysfunctional family that you maybe have ever seen uh, and so this story uh, is a story of, this is like a uh, early, you know, and, uh, uh, ancient um, uh, love, love story. This is like Taylor Swift, the whole like, uh, go talk to your dad and pick out a white dress. You know, there's so many things that are, they're setting that you guys remember Taylor Swift. She, you know, um, just kidding. Uh, but um, there's so many things about this that, that seem like this great love story. So Jacob meets Rachel at a well, because that's where he met people back in the day. Maybe find a well. If you're looking to meet somebody, the Bible says go find a well and somebody will come by to get water and that's in that moment is like magic. Um, but he, he sees Rachel, and when he sees her, he, he uh, is so overcome by her, the text actually says he weeps of like, oh my gosh, I finally found the one, you're everything that I've ever wanted. And he goes to her dad, and he says, I want to marry your daughter. And the dad's like, that's fine. Yeah, you can marry. And when it says that, um, it says Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was graceful and beautiful. The word for weak there in Hebrew is actually soft, and what it means is basically it didn't um, her her uh, she was not attractive is the is the best way to put that um, that uh, that Leah didn't have the kind of sparkle and fire in her eyes that would you would describe someone in ancient times uh, who was considered beautiful. So there's a contrast. Leah's eyes were weak. And Rachel was graceful and beautiful. And so J- Jacob falls in love with Rachel. Uh, and he goes to Laban. He asks to marry Rachel. Laban says, I'll let you marry her. And he kind of keeps her very uh, nondescript. Um, and if you work for me. And so he's like, I'm getting free labor out of this deal. So he works for him for seven years. And it's this romantic thing where he says, but the seven years were like a few days because of his love for Rachel. It's like, oh, that's really sweet. Um, and then uh, he gets married. Uh, the, well, he gets married to, you know, she would have had a veil on, her face would have been covered, and then um, Jacob would have uh, maybe perhaps imbibed uh, a few beverages that night, um, wasn't, didn't have control of his faculties, you could say, uh, and uh, consummates the marriage on the wedding night, and then wakes up the next day uh, to find that he didn't marry the girl that he meant to marry, instead he married her unattractive older sister, Leah. Uh, and so he goes to the dad and he goes, dude. Uh, and the dad's like, well, you know, okay, work for me another seven years and you can marry Rachel too. And so he does that and he marries Rachel. All right. Um, so strange story. Um, but the thing that I wanted to point out real quick is a couple things. One, um, Part of the, you know, every time there's an amazing uh, love story, um, there's an equal amount of amazing, or not amazing, but an equal amount of sad um, uh, stories of not uh, receiving love, right? I mean, every time that we hear um, someone 
you know, one of your friends is dating someone, and oh my gosh, they're so in love, and uh, and it's amazing. There's equal. There's there's about ten times as many you know people who are like. Um, you know, she hasn't called me back in like, I don't know, since seventh grade um, or whatever. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm a mess and I sit in my car and cry. I mean, that's me in high school, but uh, it's fine. Um, but part of, part of where I want to connect this is um, in this story, uh, it's easy to kind of look at it and go, oh, Jacob and Rachel, they were in love and he, you know, married the wrong girl. It happens all the time. Um, but what would it have been like? What would it be like to be Leah in this story? Um, Leah's character in the story is so moving to me because she is um, uh, someone who finds themselves in a situation where the person that she loves, she seems to actually love Jacob. Um, the person that she loves does not love her uh, and loves her sister, which, you know, again. Um, but what would it have been like to be Leah? You know, if you notice in the text, which I'm sure you did because you were paying attention, um, when, when she has her, her sons, um, that, that, that she has, she bears four sons immediately, not immediately, but, uh, you know, concurrently um, to Jacob. And she names each, and, and the way she names these sons, it gets sadder and sadder each time. And, and I don't mean like sad, pathetic. I mean like genuinely sad. She names the first one Reuben, which the name Reuben literally means see a son. And what she says is basically, maybe now that, that I've borne my husband a son, maybe he will love me. But the text actually says, it doesn't just say that Jacob didn't love her. It actually says that Jacob hated her. And so she finds herself in a place where she is hoping that if she does enough that if she does the things that she thinks that Jacob needs from her, like children, um, that if she does that, then maybe Jacob would actually love her. And so she names Reuben, uh, her first son Reuben, and says, maybe, maybe now my husband will love me. She names the next one Simeon, and the word Simeon literally means the Lord has heard that I am hated. And so she's saying that, that God has heard that God knows that my husband hates me. And he's born me another son, and so maybe now, maybe now he'll change his mind. And then it says he, uh, she bore him another son, Levi. Uh, and and that's, that, um, that word, the word Levi literally means my husband will be attached to me. That, that, again, it's this hope of maybe now, maybe now they will love me. And so she eventually realizes um, that Jacob will never love her. Uh, that Jacob loves Rachel and he, will, and he will always hate her. And so she names the last son Judah, which means I will praise the Lord. So in the midst of Leah's um, distress and in the midst of her pain, what she finds is um, she eventually has to let go of the dream that she had of her husband loving her and simply rest in the fact that God actually does love her. And, and the last son she names Judah to say, I will, uh, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my agony, I will praise the Lord. So there's two things real quick that I want to point out, and then we're going to move, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, you can go to your break. Um, one, uh, that the pain of rejection that Leah feels is very real, um, and that uh, I think that may be a place where it touches down on some of our lives, that we all know some place 
um, where there is someone either, um, you know, someone that we have loved, either like a romantic love or just, you know, a familiar, like with your parents or someone that we have loved and that we have wanted them to notice us. Someone that we have loved and we have wanted them to see us and to love us as well. You know, that, what that, you know, a psychologist would, not all of them, but um, my counselor would say that uh, everybody really, at the basic need, everybody wants to be wanted by someone you want. Right. I mean, you want to you want someone that you find desirable. You want someone that you want to want you. Um, And that is an inherent human thing that we go through life wanting to be loved by someone that we love Uh, and that the pain of not experiencing that is very hard and very real. And Leah experiences that. Um, and, and with that, I want a little, one little caveat. Um, if you find yourself in a situation where you're in a relationship that is categorized by you feeling like, if I do this, then maybe he will love me. Or if I do this, then maybe she will love me. Um, I just want to go ahead and let you know that it won't work. That that's actually not the way love works. And so if you're living under that, that kind of law of like, I have to make myself into this person in order to get this person to love me, um, it'll never happen. Uh, and that's a bitter pill to swallow, but it's a good one uh, for you to just go ahead and begin to uh, work, work through for yourself. Um, the second thing that I want to say about this is where, notice what God is doing in the midst of this. That God um, continually... Um, favors Leah. It actually says in the text, because God saw that Leah was hated by her husband, that he opens her womb. And, and that, in, in an ancient world, you know, to have children was to be blessed by God, right? To have children was to, everyone would go, that person is blessed, they're having children. And so because he sees that she is hated, he blesses her. Because he sees of the, the pain that she's going through, he loves her. And maybe it's true for you that in the midst of your pain, And in the midst of the places where you feel like no one loves you, maybe the thing you need to hear is what Leah eventually got to. Is that even though, even though we might experience real pain in this life and it needs to be lamented and and, um, uh, felt, um, never, uh, never correlate our lack of love here with God's lack of love for us. Because we experience a lack of love, that does not mean that God does not love us. In fact, what you see time and time again in the Bible, what I'm trying to show you time and time again through the story of the Bible, is that God's love goes towards the unloved. That God's love goes towards the broken. 1 John 4.10 says, Sinners, uh, says, And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Amen. Go in peace, love, and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening to the Holy Trinity Upper School Podcast. Holy Trinity is a K-12 Episcopal school located in Melbourne, Florida. If you'd like more information about Holy Trinity, please visit us at our website at htacademy.org. Thanks for listening.